Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Baylor with a chance to make this Big 12 title race in basketball very compelling this weekend as they take on Houston. Also, K-State and Cincinnati with massive games if they want to make the NCAA tournament. It's all coming up and more on today's Big 12 Watch. I am your host, Josh Neighbors here. Crystal Ball College Football is the channel. Uh, 365 Sports is the label that pays. You all can find us wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube as well. Like the video, subscribe to the channel, leave your comments. Also, Find us wherever you get your podcast. In those places, five stars is always appreciated. So if you all could do that, it would be great. Also at NWPod365 and at Josh Neighbors underscore on X slash Twitter is where you all can find me and find the show. So folks, uh, we are beginning to close in on the end of basketball season. Today is 23rd. It happens to be my birthday and I know when my birthday comes around, this means it's like the last couple weeks of the regular season in college basketball. So I believe after this Saturday, there's usually two weeks left. Yeah. So today it's the 24th, or excuse me, the, this Saturday it's 24th. And then the 9th is the last week. So we've got about five games left. Most teams, I think every team's got five games left in Big 12 conference play. Um, and our, our title race is pretty clear at this point in time, right? Houston is in pole position both by, I think, quality of play and by, obviously, the rankings themselves. And there's a glut of teams behind them. I, I would say Iowa State, even though you know, it's just one game back, there's nobody else there. Like, they're the clear number two, right? I, I think with how well they've played this season, I mean, the number six in the country also, guys, but like that is the second-best team in the league, I think, on a week-to-week -week basis, just because their home court advantage has been so staunch and also – their ability to go elsewhere and win on the road. They're four and four on the road this year. You look at the teams behind them. KU's three and five. Baylor is three and four. Tech is two and five. And BYU's two and five. Now, the funny one is actually TCU is five and four, but their home record is not as pronounced as some of the other teams are 11 and two, right? And, and BYU's a 14 and two. And Tech's, Tech's 14 and one, 13 and one. Three teams top of the league, though, have all been taking care of business at home. What separates Iowa State and Houston is that Iowa State is 500 on the road. And then also um, uh, Houston is above 500 on the road. So that shows you how good those two teams have been this year. But Houston in pole position, Iowa State in second. Then you've got the Texas Tech, Baylor, and KU group. BYU being three games back this late in the season shows you what a great job Mark Pope has done. If Kelvin Sampson has not, and, and Houston have not been such a wagon, if TJ Otzelberger hadn't been so great, if Grant McCasland had not done such a good job this year, and BYU, there's still plenty of time left, but Mark Pope is like, you know, I mean, this kind of the type of performance that deserves a coach of the year nod and a coach of the year vote. He probably won't get any, but I do think it's deserving of some consideration here. And it's, uh, you know, it's tough that he actually won't get it, but like what he's, what he's accomplished, what he's done this year still deserves our consideration and our applause for what they've done. But I've talked about Houston ad nauseum. 
Um, and so you're seeing right here, this, this two game gap and like, it still feels like a race, but here's the deal guys. Uh, Houston's got Baylor and Kansas left at Baylor, Kansas is home, Cincy at OU and at UCF. If they go two and one on the road and they win both their home games, they're going to be big 12 champions. I mean, if they have to go four and one, the rest of the way is tough, but like still they're going to be favored against Cincinnati. They'll be favored at Oklahoma. They'll be favored at UCF. Not easy games by any stretch of the imagination, but they've got a chance here to go uh, to go four and one, three and two probably might get the job done still uh, a share. But like if we're talking outright conference championship, I think four and one is what it has to be because you look at what Iowa State has left on their ledger: West Virginia, Oklahoma at UCF, BYU, and at K State. I think three and two is you know is at the bare minimum what we're going to see from them there. Four and one's a real possibility for them. So four and one is going to get you a conference championship, in my opinion. If you are um if you are Houston, three and two probably gets you a share. Once again, we'll see. But uh yeah, that's why this game this weekend is so important because you look at the Big 12 championship race, and uh if if this thing's gonna be a race, like this is one of those games where Look, I think right now, I think it probably ends up being a tie between Iowa State and Houston. If Houston wins this game, that's that goes out the window. Houston's inside track, no doubt about it, with a bullet, going to be your conference champion. It's a huge game also, I think, because I think Baylor generally has played well. I know last week, you know, wasn't a great result for them, obviously, uh, early in the week at BYU. But still, I look at how they've been playing. I mean, look at the losses, guys. It, it, the wins have been tight, too. But, like, ever since conference play, the worst loss they've had is a seven-point loss at the Marriott Center. If Triple OT loss, a, 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 a regulation loss, the buzzer, an overtime loss at K-State, a three-point loss at Kansas. I mean, they have been playing tight games the entire way. And this game against, I mean, look at the look at the schedule as a whole, like the Big 12 schedule. It's a great one this Saturday because there's plenty on the line for a lot of teams. But this is obviously the crown jewel. And you look at top 25 games across the country this weekend. You've got this. Duke at Wake Forest is a very good game because of the tournament implications. UVA at UNC is always really competitive. Emma has been has been this year. Um, but I think in terms of like who's the top of their game, top of the country, look, I think Baylor, maybe Baylor's not better than both Kentucky and Alabama. I, I think they are. Uh I think these two teams, though, like if I compared Alabama and Kentucky to, to Baylor and Houston, I think both those teams I would like better. Like, I just think they're overall better teams. I think that they're better coached. Uh, I think Ned Oates is an awesome coach. I think John Calipari has been a great coach. I think there's been a lot of complaints about his coaching this year. I still don't understand why Rob Dillingham and Reed Shepard come off the bench sometimes, but that is a different podcast, I guess. Uh, but Houston and Baylor is just such a fantastic game. And I have not seen who the announcers are going to be tomorrow for this game. Obviously, with Kentucky and Alabama, they, they, they might put the A team on that. I'm sure Brad Nessler is going to be out there doing games this weekend too. But uh, Ian Eagle and uh, Bill Raftery is your A team normally. So we'll see who ends up drawing this assignment. But this is a fantastic game. It's awesome. It's going to be on CBS. Foster Brilliant, is, it, we're going to put that thing to the test, right? How good of a venue can you make it? And, and here's the thing, guys. I like Houston in this game because the guard matchup, like this is where these games are decided with the guards. And this is why Houston's got such a good shot to go so far is that their best player is Jamal shed. 
Um, and I think Kelvin Sampson, there are, once again, there are other better point guards in the country than, than uh, Jamal Shedd, I think. But for what Houston wants to do, there is no better guard. A two-way physical guard like a Jamal Shedd is such an asset for them. And, and once again, you look like LJ Cryer has been better scoring-wise, but this is a guy who's averaging nearly six assists a game, 45% from the floor, 35 from three, and 80 from the line. Now, not blow your socks off numbers, but 13, six, four boards, and over two steals a game. This guy is everything you want in a point guard, and he's got two guards beside him that do a very good job as well. Does this team lack, like, I think the kind of outstanding size, you know, in, in some ways? Yes, I think they do. But this team has always made up for it with the physicality. Like, they make it so hard to get the ball inside. They make it so physical. They also, like, they make entry passes really hard. They double the post so hard, man. I mean, like, they they don't let you out. Like, if they double on the baseline, they'll be too aggressive sometimes trying to trap the guy who's trying to, you know, basically, like, if this is the court, and, and you know, let's just say this is one end down here. If they're trapping underneath the basket, they will not let you get out. Like some people just let give people the sideline. They do not want to let you get out. Just get the sideline and get back to the perimeter. Like they, they cut everything off. They're so athletic. They move so well. And Jamal head, uh, Jamal shed, excuse me, is the spearhead of all of it. So the guard battle between Jamal shed, LJ Cryer going up against his former team, might I add you. So that's an interesting dynamic. And then the other way you've got Jacoby Walter, you've got Ray J Dennis, you've got Langston Love. And then I think, you know, Bridges is kind of a, a hybrid. Jaden Nutt, obviously. This is a more balanced Baylor scoring attack, and their offense has been tremendous. But it's great defense against great offense. I'm really excited to see. Now, let's see if he's going see inside. He'll get tested because we know the way that Houston loves to team rebound, and they love to challenge you physically at the rim. I am excited to see what that looks like what that fist fight looks like. And I expect a really exciting game. I hope the referees let them play because when they let them play, the games end up being tremendous. But uh, I think it's going to be a dog fight. I really think, you know, some people say, hey, it's going to be a classic. This one feels like it could be a fun classic in a great environment. And Baylor's got a chance to show off the environment. Iowa State hosts West Virginia at one o'clock. It feels like that should not be a walk in the park, but something, you know, that they take care of business. Um, so BYU picks up the big win against Baylor. They've got K-State and Bramlage this week. K-State lost in Bramlage last Saturday to TCU. This is absolutely a must-win game. Like, this is a no-doubt end-of-the-line. K-State has got to win this game if they want to get into the NCAA tournament. Right now, they are, let's see, trying to go to the net, 76th in the net. They're 2-5 and five in quad one. They're 4-5 and five in quad two. They're 9-1 and one in quad three and quad four. Right, so six. And 10 in quad one and two is good, but they need to start racking up these, these wins. And you look at what they've got left at five and eight in the league record wise. It's not good enough. They're going to need to go three and two, three and two in this, uh, this stretch will put them at 18 and 13. All right. But they need to beat a Kansas. I mean, they're not to beat Kansas again. They're going to need to beat Iowa state at home. They're going to need to beat BYU. They're going to need to go probably take Cincinnati on the road. Uh, and, and that's hard to do. And, and I'm going to imply here that they beat West Virginia at home. But the good news is, I know they got Monday night. It's a quick turnaround. If they can win two games here in the next three days, 
And all, after that game against West Virginia on the 26th, and I remember last year, Texas Tech did this. I actually, let's go back and look at that Texas Tech quick stretch they had last season. Texas Tech last year, uh, let's go, boom. So they had this stretch last season where it felt like they were putting something together, right? They had the Saturday-Monday K-State, that's, that's exactly what I was thinking of, the Saturday-Monday K-State-Texas doubleheader where they picked off two top 15 wins in a matter of, you know, hours basically. Um, and you wake up on Tuesday with two top 15 wins and all of a sudden you can get yourself in the right spot in the bubble because a number of quality wins that you have not saying that's the case for, for what Kansas state can do, but for a team, you know, that, that right now, once again, two and five in quad one, you can get a couple wins. And then if you can take down Cincinnati on the road, if you can go two or three in that last stretch and Hey, four and one, it's not impossible. 19 and 12, but you're going to have to do something significant here because you're five and eight in the league. You need to stack up some more quad one wins. And that, I mean, you had a five game losing streak and you had a three game losing streak. You need to turn this thing around. You got to do it fast. You have to do it fast. If you are the Kansas state wildcats, that's a big game as they take on BYU at home. Cincinnati's got a task on their hands. They play TCU on the road uh, at the at Ed and Ray Schulmeyer Arena, two o'clock on the plus. So this is a big one because Cincinnati on the bubble. You thought on uh, uh, Wednesday night, I think it was. Okay, you know they're in good shape because they've got Oklahoma State. And they got them at home. They lose that game. You see where Joe Lenardi's got them now. Joe Lenardi drops them to his next four out. So right now he's got nine big 12 teams in uh, Cincinnati was making that push to be the 10th. They're going to have to get on their horse and start playing a lot better. If they want to get there, it's going to start with a road game. Now, once again, have noted this before TCU is a team that can win on the road uh, and lose at home. Like they are kind of this malleable group. I want to see more consistency out of them. I think they're a better team than 18 and eight. I think they're better than seven and six. And once again, I don't want to see them in the 8-9 seed line. Or maybe this is finally the year where TCU is the 8-9 seed that punches their way through one of the top seeds. But um, that's a huge game for what Cincinnati wants to accomplish. Once again, 5-8 and eight in the league puts you in a rough category. And if you go back to the net ratings and you look at where Cincinnati is, 45th, 3-6 and six in quad 1, 2-2 two two in quad 2. They got two quad 3 losses, which hurts them. Um, Texas Tech and UCF. Texas Tech earlier this week, uh, they ended up you know, having to fend off TCU, rallying and getting that win. Right now, they're on a three of four game winning streak. I want to see Pop Isaac shoot the ball well on the road, and I want to see what kind of game this looks like. Texas Tech can go really far. I just think they need a better... Like, Kerwin Walden, Joe Toussaint, and Pop Isaacs, three guards that if you told me they were the guards of a top 25 team... I would tell you that's going probably about as well as it could have. I still want a bit more out of these guys. And let's check some of these numbers shooting wise on them. So you look at Tucson, Isaacs, and then Walton also, you know, once again, he's playing 22 minutes a game. So maybe I should say Darion Williams. But uh, Isaacs is 35 from the floor, 30 from three, and 84 from the line. Tucson's 42 from the floor, 35 from three, 87. So it's, it's a lot better. And then uh, Darion Williams, 48, 44, and 88. I mean, maybe maybe take a few more shots, Darion. That's that's pretty freaking good uh, numbers-wise. And then Kerwin Walton also, too, 53 from the floor, 50 from three, but it's not a guy who's shooting a, a ton uh, from, you know, I don't think he's taking, oh, yeah, pretty decent number of threes, actually. So he's had a really, really nice season, but kind of a complimentary guard there. 
So the big thing is like they need to get Pop Isaac shooting the ball better. I feel like that would elevate this group a bit more. He sees the floor so well. And also he actually moves without the ball really well uh, for a guy who's a main point guard. This is a guy that moves without the basketball well. He sees the floor differently. It's almost kind of like Rajon Rondo, though. He just cannot shoot and like can't shoot from anywhere. At least Rondo could get to the rim. And Isaac can get to the rim too, but he's just not shooting the, with, with the ball, I feel like. And I'd love to see the next-gen numbers with him as the as the guy kind of dribbling to shots, pull-ups, what, what the numbers are, and then him off the ball and whatnot, what the numbers are there too. But he hit some big shots late. This is a big game for them if they want to stay in the Big 12 title race. And also, if you're looking at bracketology right now, and where a Joe Lenardi has a Texas Tech. Uh, let's see. I miss when you misspell Texas. It's never good. Um, Texas Tech, he's got them as a five, right? This is a team that can crawl their way up and maybe get a four, maybe get a three, right? If, if, if things break well. But you don't want to start fading to that six range. But five, 12, it's a good spot to be in. It feels like they are a very deserving five seed in Grant McCaslin's first year. Uh, and I want to see Oklahoma because we're going to Bedlam next. So Oklahoma has fallen all the way to that eight, nine line. They're 16 and 10. So it started to look like a typical Oklahoma season, right? Life near in around the bubble for the Oklahoma Sooners. This is one of those where, Hey, you're 18 and eight, you're six and seven in the league. This game last time was a really tight game. These games are always close and Oklahoma state started to play some pretty good basketball. They're four and nine, like at least for their standards. Four and nine in the league overall, yes, but it still feels like they can pick you off. They've won back-to-back games. They beat uh, BYU at home by 10, and they beat Cincinnati on the road. So they've got a ton of confidence. That back-to-back road games, hey, you might have a four-game winning streak on your hands where, hey, it's six and 19 in the league. They might be a 14, uh, uh, 500 overall team. Not saying NCAA tournament, but uh, opportunities there for Mike Boyd. Not saying he's going to save his job, but I, I think you know they can start playing better. That's Obviously, good to see because it's been a frustrating year for them. All right. Five o'clock, ESPN. They love going to Allen Fieldhouse on ESPN. Number nine, Kansas, after the week off, takes on number, or unranked, excuse me, Texas, who is 17 and nine, six and seven in the Big 12. Texas, I think they kind of are who they are at this point. It feels like they could have a second year. They don't have a second year. Um, But just kind of trading wins and losses, right? Ever since January 20th. And you can get well, a little bit losing before that, but uh, January 20th, win, January 23rd, win, then back to back losses, then win, loss, win, loss, win, right? So, trading wins and losses, they've got a rough uh, road to hoe the rest of the way. They've got road games at Tech, at Texas, or excuse me, at KU, at Tech, and at Baylor. They've got home games against OU and Oklahoma State. So, four ESPN games the rest of the way, two games, uh, one on Big Monday, excuse me, uh, they got a Super Tuesday game as well. So, Texas. You know, you want to see them kind of, let's see how competitive they can be in this game. They're off since Monday, but Kansas coming off a bye. Let's see how healthy everybody looks for the Kansas Jayhawks coming into this game. Once again, they have been trading wins and losses, but they've got a Texas BYU double feature coming up at home. If they want to stay in this Big 12 title race, they need both of those games. They did lose to Houston, though, uh, once. See if they do it again. They also did, or excuse me, they beat Houston. They lost to Iowa State, which is tough for them to get over that tie break. They did get the first win against Baylor. We'll see what they do, though, on the road. Uh, the, the margin for error for KU, if they want to win the Big 12 this year, is very, very tight. But always excited to see Texas last trip to Allen Fieldhouse. Should be exciting. Picks will come out tomorrow. You'll all see those on my Twitter feed. We're just at 500. We cannot get out of the rut. We'll try and get out of the 500 rut at Josh Neighbors underscore 
you all can find me at NWPod365. You can also find me. All right, folks, like the video, subscribe to the channel, check out my show with Robbie yesterday as well. Let me know what you all want talked about here in the offseason. Obviously, conference realignment we will hit on, uh, things of that nature, and a whole lot more. But uh, let me know what you all want to hear on the show. All right, folks, talk to you on Saturday slash Sunday.